to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the Lord. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Please be seated. Um, Jesus made a statement in um, John chapter 5, verse 30. It says, I can of myself, I can of myself do nothing. Son of God, I can of myself do nothing. As I hear, I judge. As I, as I hear, I judge. And my judgment is righteous. Meaning, my judgment is right. As I hear, I judge. Meaning, as I hear, I make decisions. And my decisions are right. As I hear, I judge. I can do, I can of myself do nothing. As I hear, I judge. And my judgment is righteous. Or it's right. Because I do not seek my own will. I do not seek my own will. I'm not running after my own will. But the will of the Father that, who sent me. So seeking God's will. Just focusing and seeking. Notice the word I use. I seek not to do my own will, but I am seeking to do the will of the Father who sent me. So seeking to do the will of the Father that sent him, means he has to hear from the Father. And as he hears, he makes decisions, he judges. And his judgment is, or his decisions are right. So when you are seeking to do God's will, your decisions will be right and pleasant to God. Right and pleasant to God. Always, always. In John 20 verse 21, Jesus said to them again, Peace to you. Peace to you. In other words, prosper. Peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. So the Father sent him, and so he listened to what the Father asked him to do on the earth. He was constantly listening to the Father. He said, the words that I speak, they're not mine. It's what the Father speaks. When you hear me speak, I'm repeating, I'm just repeating what the Father said. Can we find somebody today on the earth that is trying to live their life the way Jesus lived his life? I can of my own self do nothing. As I hear, I judge. This Jesus was the true perfect man on earth. After Adam sinned, we had never had anybody like Jesus. Jesus was like Adam before he sinned. The way God originally created man to be and to live on the earth. And Jesus said the way he lived his life is just to do the Father's will. So today I want to talk about how to discover your calling. That's God's will for your life. How to discover your calling. God's call upon your life. Every one of you, 
that's sitting here today, you didn't come to this place by accident or coincidence. God actually knew from the foundations of the earth you will be here today. He knew that. And God has a plan for your life. God has a plan for everyone's life. No matter who you are, God has a plan for your life. And God says it very clearly that he has a plan for your life. The thing is you need to discover for yourself what that plan is. If you don't, you will never be satisfied with living. My wife talked about contentment today. You will never be content. You just feel that something is not, something is not right. And you constantly feel that way. Something is not right. Why? Because you are out of what he wants, his plan for your life. You have to discover. And is it hard to discover? No. You can't discover it. The Bible says you can. And God will make it clear to you, this is what I created you and placed you on the earth to do. doesn't mean to stay behind the pulpit because that's what people think. That God wants me to be me. No. Everyone was created with what God planned for you in life. Your life adds beauty to the house that God is building. Everyone has the, pump, the foundation of God's will I talked about. But then you have, his own, you have his will for your life. And as you take your place in the body, you add beauty to the house that God is building. And some Paul says they build with, with straw, with gold, with silver. I want to build. When you build with gold and something that's tangible, that means you, are, you really know what God called you to do and you're holding your place. I've got to discover what God created me for. Or I would have missed it completely. I have to. Is that possible? I'm going to share with you from God's word that you can discover it. Where you don't have any anxiety or wondering or dissatisfaction inside of you. You're serving God, but something is saying, I, I'm not where I'm supposed to be. That could be a good thing because God's wanting you to, to get to that place. And you know, the way God does these things, He doesn't give you all at once. He tells you just one thing, go do this. And when you get there, you'll find what's next. You know why? So you can always depend on Him. I can of my own self do nothing. I can't do anything. So I constantly have to deal with Him. I remember back, in, uh, back home, I was doing a lot of deliverance, uh, demons. And you think I would, I've, almost every day, I was doing that constantly. They speak to you. They act, they act differently. Some, you have sign. And, and coughing and vomiting. And I could never tell what it was going to be. It's like when the person comes, I say, God, what, what color is this? I don't understand this. I have to constantly ask him in my mind, what's going on? And Angela and I, we were in Georgia the same. We had to deal with a, a woman. I've talked about this that had multiple personality. And she was looking to me for help. And I'm saying, God, <laughs> I don't know what's going on. I need your help. But I have confidence that when I ask, he'll let me know. Listen, in Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11, it says, For I know 
the thoughts that I think towards you. You, that means you this morning. I know the thoughts that I think towards you. Says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil. Peace means thoughts of prosperity. Everything well. Nothing missing, nothing broken. That's what God says. My thoughts for you are thoughts of peace. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Not thoughts of evil. Not to harm you in any way. God says, for because I know what I'm thinking towards you. Another translation says, I know my plans for you. I know my plans for your life. They are taught, he says, to give you a future and hope. A lot of hopeless people are walking around the earth today. Really hopeless. But God doesn't want you to be hopeless. There is always, if you connect with him and you give everything to him, you will find that there is a real reason to live. Yes. When you go with God to give you a future and a hope, can you imagine the kind of future if you will let God do it for you? When He's through with the future, you will be dancing in the rain or whatever, singing in the rain the way we sang it this morning. <laughs> oh yes, you will be. When you allow God to do it. He says, I know I'm not confused about the future plan I have for you. Your future is going to be great. The, the plan your parents have for you, that's too little. God's plan is huge. Look at the universe. For your life, because you are special. He says, I know, and I want to give you a hope, something to look up to. And you get there. You get there. Then, notice, notice what it says. Then you will call on me. You see what that means? If you really are looking into God's future for your life, God's plan for your life, God's hope for your life, you will look into seeking him. He says, then you will call upon me and go and pray to me. You know what Jeremiah 33 verse 3 says? You call on the Lord and he will answer you and show you great and mighty things that you do not know. So when you seek God for your future, you will find him. And when you find him, he shows you and speaks to you. Like Jesus said, you hear what I hear. It's what I decide. And I do. That's what the word of God is saying. Then you will call upon me and go. Notice, you will call upon God, not just Jesus. No, you will find the place. Amen? Not just Jesus, Jesus help me. No, that's calling on him. But you will find a place to pray to him. And he said, and I will listen to you. Whatever you're saying, this is God Almighty. The whole universe under his control. But now it's between you and him. 
Because now you are interested in your future. The plan he has for you in his heart. The hope he has for you. You are so interested, you're not with him in, this, in, in the closet, so to speak, to find what that is. That's why Jesus said, when you pray, go into the closet. And between you, your father in heaven, he hears you, he's in secret. But when he rewards you, how does he do it? He does it openly. Everybody can see you've been in that closet with God. He will reveal your, his plan for your life. He will reveal it to you when you seek him. Then you will go and pray to me and I will listen to you. And you will, notice the words that I use, you will seek. So there is a seeking. You, you can't just sit there and not seek. The will is there. But God wants you to seek him so he can deliver his future for your life into your hands. But you got to seek him. You got to seek him. You can't stay in bed till 12 mid, uh, noon and, and then tell God, uh, good morning, sir. And then you're out, out. You won't find him that way. He says, you will seek me and you will what? Find me when you search for me with what? All your being. Why all your being? Because what he is going to deliver to you is so precious. You will never get it until your whole focus is in it. I think the people of God will suffer unduly because... We don't fully get this. I used to wonder why was Jesus spending so much time praying to his father? I mean, praying all night? What was he in need of? To spend all night after ministering. You know what I do? I've been ministering and laying hands on people all day. I need some sleep. That's what I'll tell you. I need some rest. And God understands. No, not Jesus. He ministers to people and then after his own mind, the Son of God were missing something. You go and seek him. And then he will deliver this thing to you. God knows your future. That's number one. He knows your future. Listen, uh, Proverbs 25 verse 2 says, it is the glory of God to conceal a matter. But the glory of kings to search out a matter. You see, God is His glory. He, he keeps it to Himself. And if you really want it, you'll fight for it. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent ones take it by force. In other words, you're going to God and the devil cannot stop you. You're never going to entertain discouragement. I'm going to get my future from God. It is the glory of God to conceal the matter. So if you're just wanting God to put it out, he's not going to do it. You want to rob him of his glory? No, he doesn't want you to do that. But if you seek him out, he'll let you have it. He'll let you have it. Listen now, there is nothing on earth that's precious that you can... You don't find gold on the surface. Everybody will be rich. 
If you just walk around and find gold and you don't have to do anything about it, everybody will be rich. Everything that's precious, God hides it. Uh, the uh, petroleum, uh, that's way down there. You have to do a lot to get that stuff. It's precious. God says you got to seek it. You have to. Nothing precious. It's right there for you to just have. You got to do something. And God says, seek me and do it with all of your heart. Does it mean if a child seeks God with all of his heart, the child will find exactly what he said? He will. If you search for him with all of your heart. So there is a searching that needs to be done. You can't just sit. If you're feeling dissatisfied, discontented, there is a reason. Maybe God's wanting you to find out something. Don't just get frustrated and call your friend and talk about your frustration. Go to God. And He will give you peace. And give you understanding. And show you what to do. The Bible is very clear about that. You got to go to Him. I've come in here in the morning. We'll pray for some time. But I'm being here, I don't, that's not enough. That's not enough. I still have to find some time to pray. pray. I have to do it. Not because I'm a pastor. I want to survive. Amen. <laughs> exactly. No. I need to talk to him. Because in his presence, in his presence, you know, I've got to be there. And that's one way to get to his presence. In secret. So important. We have to search for this. If you are, I think, uh, what did somebody said this? Uh, early arrival syndrome. Early arrival syndrome. So basically, you, you're satisfied. You're not going to pursue after God anymore. I've arrived. I prayed for the sick. I did this. When you get to that place, something is not right. Yes, be discontent with things. Be contented with things that are given to you. But with your relationship with God, you can never be satisfied. You can never be satisfied. Because there is more that God wants to show you. It's more. Always more. Always more. So he says, ask. And it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock, the door will be open. Why is he telling us that? Because we need some doors opened. We need some doors opened. We need to seek so we can find. There is treasure in the field somewhere. I've got to go out and search for it. And you search for it with all of your heart, not with divided attention. A double-minded person is unstable in all his ways. The scripture says, I've got to search it. If God spoke unto your heart, now let me tell you, God does not reject anyone. You can start today and give, commit your life to God, and God will take you and make something out of your life because you're seeking it. Watch two individuals. Two of them come to Christ, and I've seen this in real, in real natural life. One of them focused in God, so focused. Some of you from Nigeria, you know Ayo Rishejafo. We grew up in the same city. He's known all over the world today. There was another young man, Roland. We were all friends. Uh, not as close to Ayo as I was with Roland. They were saved at the same time. Two ministers together. 
One is known around the world. The other one died. And the, his family said, he is not, he's not worth it. We can't put him in the ground. Put his body out in the jungle. Let the animals eat him. That's true. That's true. One sought God and found his destiny. The other one didn't. And chased after the world. And ended up. These two individuals I know personally. I know them. So I've seen this. This is serious business. Walking with God is not a game. He's something to go after with all of your heart. And sometimes the enemy comes and is keeping your heart kind of dry. You don't sit back there, whatever it is. I don't know what's happening to me. Go into your closet and drink again. And refresh yourself. And be strong again for God. Amen. Never get discouraged. Go back to God. Seek and you will find. Knock, the door will be open. But if you don't seek, you'll never find. If you don't ask, you'll never receive. God says to do this. He keeps everything under wraps. He's in secret. He wants you to come for it. It's the glory of kings to search out a matter. And guess what he's made us? Kings and priests. Hallelujah. He wants you as a king to search out the matter. They are confused out there in the world. You have the answer. You can go to him, God, what's going on? And he'll tell you. And then you can share with the world. And they can see you have been with God. Jesus said, your light, put it out. So that they see that light and give glory to your Father in heaven. Amen. 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 So prepare yourself. Prepare yourself for the search. That's living. Prepare yourself. That's number two. Prepare yourself for the search. This search for your life depends on it. What did God create me to accomplish on the earth? Why am I here? What am I supposed to provide or contribute to God's kingdom? I need to know. My life cannot be a waste. At least in relation to God. Why am I here? Why am I in Cyprus? Why am I here with you? What are we to do together? I got to find out what God wants for me so that I can feel fulfilled. So when the time comes, when Jesus returns or the time comes to go, I can say like Paul, you know, I fought a good fight. I ran the race. I finished the race. No fear or concern. I'm now ready to go. I've done all. But what if you don't know what he wanted you to do? How could you say that? I've got to find out. Get ready. Prepare your heart for the search. And if you don't even have a desire to prepare your heart for the search, I know something is wrong. Every child that's born, if the child will not eat, we know something is wrong, right? We've got to go to the hospital. Something, even if they're, not, if they're not saying anything, not crying. You have a baby, and the baby is not crying at all. Guess what? Before long, <laughs> have you heard the baby cries for the last two days? No. I hope all is fine. 
If you get to be alive, if you are not searching, most likely you don't understand or maybe you're dead. Oh, that's too strong a word. <laughs> Let me press back. <laughs> Let me press back a little bit. But you got to prepare yourself for the search. And the, to prepare yourself for the search, this is one thing God says. This is not from me. This is from the word. Romans 12 verse, verse 2. It says, don't copy the behavior of, and customs of this world. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. The way world, the worldly people do their things. God says, I don't want you doing this. And this is from New, uh, New Living Translation. Don't copy. In other words, don't be like them. Don't copy their ways. They may mock at you. Read First Corinthians 2 verse 14. Natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. So they don't understand it. To them, you're stupid. I don't know what you're doing. I've had that done to me so many times, it doesn't bother me anymore. They feel like you don't even know what you're talking about. You don't know anything. You're dumb. We're smart. They're smart in the world. But when it comes to God... They are as dumb as they come. And I don't bother with them. I got God and I know it. I know it by experience. I've felt it. I've seen it. So I know the truth. By the grace of God. Don't copy the behavior and customs of the world. Sometimes people, people will take, take custom. I've lived in different countries. Well, one Nigeria back over here. The customs are different. Nothing bad with their custom. And nothing bad with the custom here. But their custom is not Christianity, okay? And your custom is not Christianity either. There is Christian culture. Amen? Godly culture. The way godly people do things. And one of those things is pray. That's our culture. Pray. That's number one. It's so important. He says, don't copy the way they do things. But let God, let God transform you into a new person. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creature. All things have passed away. Behold, he says, all things have become new. It says, very clearly there, Become a new person by changing the way you think. Mindset. Your mindset should be the mindset of a kingdom person. Christians should have a mindset to see God. What is wrong with saying, listen, I got to find some time to pray. I got to move away. You know, I heard a story. About Benny Hinn. I know you saw him on television and all of that. But this preacher was saying he didn't know Benny very well. But they had a meeting and they were in the same place. He said, you are around him, you think, what's wrong? Is this the Benny Hinn? Because he's joking. It's like a jokester playing around. And he's like, this is the Benny Hinn we saw on television. And then they sat down to eat his cracking joke and all of that. And he was eating his food, just playing. And, And then the minister said, all of a sudden... He got very serious and wasn't eating much. They knew something was up. Everybody said, what's going on now? He's joking and all of that. 
And then he said to them, after a while, he, dropped, the food, he hadn't finished his place, food. He dropped his cutleries and said, I've got to go now, friends. He's calling for me. Left them, went back to his room to pray. They didn't see him anymore. He said, he sued them and said, now I see. I know what's going on. The master is calling for him. Very important. You can't find it in this office. You, you can't. Listen, listen, listen. It's so important. They had to gather manna every day. You can't live on yesterday's manna. Fresh manna every day. And the Bible also tells us in the tabernacle, fresh bread on the showbread every single day. You can't depend on yesterday's bread. Just because you prayed three hours yesterday doesn't mean you're excused from praying today. Find yourself back in the closet. Find yourself back in the closet. This is not a game. This is this, the Son of God hung on the cross. The Son of God. And I, 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 Son of God, I thought, well, he's Son of God. That's different from God. No, there's only one God. God hung on the cross. For you. And he's calling you. Come to me. The one who loved you enough. I told myself years ago, if he will hang on the cross to free me from something, and I get to go to that thing, there's not a bigger fool on earth. I got to free myself from going there. I got to go what, what he wants from me. So prepare yourself. Have a different mindset, he says. Then you will learn to know. Then you will learn to know. After you've been transformed, that's when you will begin to know God's will for your life. As long as you are keeping the mindset of the world, and I hear a lot of things on television, they are programming people's mindset. And Christians are changing their mindset. What God said is bad. Now, they don't want to even go there. They feel like we are better. We understand. You don't, when God says something is wrong and he calls it an abomination, you don't want to go there. He doesn't understand. Okay? He doesn't understand. If you go there, that's a slippery road. You're going to destroy yourself. You might not find yourself where you want to be when it's all over. I know that for myself. We have compassion. But when God says something, I stay away from that. I don't reason with you. Don't want to reason with you. You are that smart. Stay with your smarties. Stay there. I'm not having, I'm not having, I'm not going to listen to you. It's so important. So you learn. That's when you will learn to know what is that goodwill of God. You want to know that. The goodwill. Of God, what is pleasing and what is perfect before Him, you will begin to know that. You see how God deals with us slowly, He takes you to a place where you can do things. I remember I used to just my ministry, they told me your ministry is to help people receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That was my ministry. Then it changed to deliverance, 
Then he changed to now healing. Uh, you know, and then I said, that's a joke. I don't know what ministry I have. I don't have any ministry. But I do remember years back when I was helping people to receive the Holy Spirit. Kids still do the same. But my mom couldn't see well with her eyes. And she was telling me, good luck. Why don't you lay your, put your hands on my eyes so I can see? My mind is, I don't get it. I don't know how to do that. And I won't. I, she's, I prayed with her and she said, I can see a little better. And she was walking kind of, son, I need you to do this. But to me, you're bothering me. If you need healing, call T.L. husband. <laughs> Leave me alone. I don't understand it. And then a time came, as I saw the Lord, God opened my eyes to it. Because God kept telling me, the same principle holds. You're not the one healing them. I do it. Why don't you do it? No, Lord, you got to explain this thing to me. Then he did. Amen. The word. Number three. The Holy Spirit will help you discover your calling. Where God wants you to be. You know, today, (coughs) I see in the church... People that don't want to talk about receiving the baptism in the Holy Spirit and praying in tongues anymore because it's kind of spooky for some people. I know what the enemy is doing. He's taking the source of power from the Christians away by making it look like something is not right. But I found out the only reason I can do what I'm doing today is because of that. I don't know how, I don't evaluate myself. But that took fear, standing before people, talking. He took all of that away. He took that away. And now Satan wants to get that from me. The Holy Spirit. Listen to what Jesus said. However, when he, notice, he is that uppercase. He, the spirit of truth. Guess who is the spirit of truth? The spirit of truth is the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says, you shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. He is the spirit of truth. If you Receive truth. He's got to come from him. Jesus says, I'm going away and I will send you the spirit of truth. And he says, the spirit of truth will guide you into all truth. What, is, what does that mean for me? That means the spirit of truth is going to guide me to what God wants me to do for his kingdom. We have different callings. He will guide you into the truth for your life. And guide me into the truth for my life. Everyone is different. Everybody with different DNA. But still human. But different calling. And the Holy Spirit, because we are natural, He guides us into the truth. Jesus said, it's good for you that I go away. 
Because you will need the spirit of truth to guide you, to discover your calling. What you are supposed to do. He will help you find that. You know, the Bible tells us this in, in, in Romans chapter 8, verse 26 and 27. He says, likewise, the Spirit, notice capitalized, the Holy Spirit also helps our weaknesses. Well, if the Holy Spirit is in heaven, how is he going to help my weakness? If he's, not, if he's outside my life, how is he going to help my weakness? How can I feel him strength? When he's not inside of me. And that's what the world wants. So you go to church, but outside the Holy Spirit. How can you be holy without the Holy Spirit? It's not possible. So we need the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, it's better for you if I go away. If I don't go away, the Spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit will not come. He says, likewise, the Spirit... So. It means I can depend on the Spirit to help my weakness. He says, likewise, the Spirit also helps our weaknesses for or because we do not know what to pray for as we ought. He didn't say we do not know how to pray for or how to pray as we ought. No, we don't know what to pray for. We don't know what to pray for. You don't know God's will for your life? The Spirit of God is the one that knows it. So he helps that weakness that I have and he prays for us. He says, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit, guess what? Himself makes intercession for who? For us. How is he going to do it? I have never seen the Holy Spirit in my room, in the corner of my room, praying to God for me. Ah, that's the Holy Spirit. He's praying over there. No. He's praying through me, right? Through me. Helping my weakness in prayer. I like that. So is him empowering me. This is a secret here. He says very clearly, he himself makes intercession for us. Can you imagine Holy Spirit praying through you for you? There is no better prayer. If I'm sleeping and I have troubles and I got Jesus in the room and I can see him and he's praying for me, I'll sleep real good. I know that problem is over. See, Jesus is praying for me. Who's going to stop it? This is the Holy Spirit, the one that was there when the world was created. The one that put everything into play, into being. He put everything together. He's praying through me. That's a privilege that humans don't deserve. But thank God for Jesus. He paid the price for us. And thank God for grace that we were able to receive him. And now he's in our life and he's walking through us. Listen to what it says. It says, Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now, he who searches the heart. So the Holy Spirit is praying from your heart, from your spirit. God who searches the heart knows what the mind of the Spirit is. Because he, the Spirit, makes intercession for 
The saints, hey, I thought they were supposed to be dead. You don't pray, they're gone, right? But you are a saint, amen? And, and the Holy Spirit is praying for you. For he, this way, makes intercession for the saints, how? According to the will of God. According to the will of God. According to the will of God. Larry Hutton is going to be coming here uh, the second week of uh, September. Larry Hutton traveled a lot with Kenneth Hagin. Kenneth Hagin? Yeah. That man never traveled much outside the United States. He's known all over the world. His books are read all over the world. People, great ministers, they travel just to hear him. And the largest church in Nigeria, I believe, started because the guys came and said, this, the anointing I received from that me, one of those meetings, they are upon me. They said, Kenneth Hagin, in the morning, in his office, sometimes he walk out praying in tongues. He, he says, hi, he's very cordial. Hi, he greet them. And then go out walking around for a long time, praying in tongues. And then when he's through, he comes back and he's greeting the same people like he greeted before. I see he's never seen them before. He had never seen them. They said he, he gets so caught up in that. No wonder God was showing him so much. So much. So that a man who didn't travel much outside the United States, he's reaching out to people around the world. And they relate to him. Ministers, great ministries, quoting the man that they've never seen before. What the Holy Spirit can do through a man who searches for his will. And how he can take you and make you great. Just like God said to Abraham. He prays according to the will of God. When you pray in the Spirit and he's praying according to the will of God. Guess what's happening in your thinking? Your thinking begins to be transformed into what God really wants for you. Your desires begin to change. Now you used to like this stuff, all of a sudden, that's not what you want anymore. Because he's been praying according to the will of God. And you are slowly, it's like the rotor of a ship. You want the ship going this way and slowly the ship is moving where God, the will of God for your life, is calling this praying in the spirit. Amen. This is what it is. Very important. Um, I close with this. <laughs> it's finally, and another finally kind of stuff. But I discovered and then we'll come back to this next week. I pray. The praying in tongues. Whenever I have a question, I remember I heard something that bothered me. And I came in here, I was praying. And I, when I hear something that's different from what, you know, I don't know everything. I want to do what's right. Is this the right way to do it? I've never been a minister before. This is my first time, and this is my only time. Okay. So I have questions. I go to God. And I was here praying, praying in tongues, very loud. I think that, you know, you should be quiet and God will speak to you. He doesn't do that with me. He just talks to me while I'm still speaking. And I was praying back and forth. And he gave me two scriptures, just by questions. Asking me questions. What about this? What about this? I got it. 
After that, I'm not listening to you. No matter what you say and your opinion, I'm not listening to that. And if you want to talk to me, I'll show you scripture and verse. Okay, Chapter and verse, I'll show it to you. That's what the Bible explained it to me. But that's the way it does, deals with us. Years ago, uh, before we started the ministry, I've been doing this. God told me to start praying in tongues. And I started doing it. Every single day, I wake up early in the morning and I pray in tongues for an hour. And I've said it here. I was really not very religious about it. It was one hour. I put the, <laughs> I put my clock in there. It's starting this time, and I will go praying in tongues. Sometimes I just pray in tongues, and then I pray for things in my head, and I just pray in tongues. When it gets to that one hour, <laughs> thank you Jesus, the hour is over, and I'm out <laughs> with my business. It's gone. I'm gone. I'm gone. You saw that young man that came here. One that said, you know, I still remember him the day. I woke up one morning. One morning I woke up and I felt so lost. And I prayed in tongues that heaviness will not leave. And I had to go somewhere. So I I don't know if I want to go to this meeting anymore. But I've already committed myself to go, so I have to go. So I prayed in tongues silently all the way there and then I came back I was still praying trying to get rid of this feeling of like so far from God and lost I didn't know what and then finally I realized I'm not praying for myself this got to be somebody else around 12 o'clock 1 o'clock thereabouts in the day it just lifted and I was telling some of my pastor friends one pastor Clifford is uh, Pastor Jude, they were around me and I said, I'm praying for somebody but I don't know who it is. About that time that young man came in, in the, late in the evening. He came in. He had been in the church. I gave an altar. He wouldn't come. He felt so dirty. So I said, oh, you're the young man I've been praying for all day long. And uh, he told me what his problems were. He says, I want to receive the Holy Spirit. I said, don't worry about that. You receive the Holy Spirit. This other thing, we will take care of it. And we dealt with his problem. And he received the Holy Spirit. And guess what? That's, you saw him here. Just from that time, God leading and guiding you. He does that. Years ago, before we started the ministry, I woke up in the morning. And God gave me, I had nothing. I was sleeping. And those two scriptures came to me. Uh, Matthew chapter 20. Matthew chapter 20 from verse 6 downward. Uh, and that was the first scripture. It's like um, Jesus going out to the, bar, the outside. He found some people standing. He says, don't you have something? Go to the field and walk and I'll pay you. And he paid all of them the same. That was the scripture. The next scripture, two scriptures. And then Matthew chapter 22. And they went out to the street and the byways and they brought everybody in. And I thought to myself, why are these two scriptures so related? Because no lightning, no flash, nothing. It just, they were given to me while I was asleep. And I said, God, I'm tired. I'll wake up and go check it. As soon as I opened my eyes, go check those scriptures. And I went to check. And those two, and I went and showed Angela. And she was very concerned too. What is this? What does this mean? I, I don't know. But the next day, God gave me another scripture. I hid that from Angela. I didn't tell her. <laughs> that was Matthew chapter 10. From verse 6, it says, go, don't take any money belt and all of that. 
So at that stage, I said to myself, my life is over. How can I tell Angela about this? So we wrote to Timpy. Some of you know Timpy, right? And I was telling Timpy, uh, Timpy, let's, because Timpy hears from the Lord. Timpy, you hear from the Lord and tell us what you think the Lord. You know what I was doing? I want Timpy to tell Angela. <laughs> because I know Tim, uh, Angela loves Timpy and trust, and I wasn't bold enough to tell Angela what, what God was saying. My life is, our life is about to change, you know. So I wasn't so... Timpy, he said, give me about a couple of weeks and I'll tell you. Now, good luck, you know who I am, you know the way I do my things. I said, yeah, I'll tell it as it is. I, that's why I called you. I want you to tell it and tell Angela as it is. <laughs> Make sure you tell us as it is. All this time, I was praying in tongues and begging God Tell Angela, because I already get it. But if I tell her this other scripture, she's very smart. She will immediately know, and we will be in trouble. So I'm kidding. <laughs> That's the way I thought. And so I kept, I kept praying, and I was waiting for Timpy to reply. Finally, Timpy called. Whew, this is wonderful. And Timpy said, good luck. I, I, I've been talking to the Lord about this. Every time I open my mouth to say, he says, don't say a word to me. He knows. What <laughs> he knows what I want him to do. Uh, I said, Timpy, I didn't tell us directly. You have no help at all. You didn't help me at all. This is horrible. So now it's on me. And I'm scared. So one day we went to church. Pastor Kendall, my pastor then. And he had invited a guy um, to, to minister to us. This time, I'm telling you, I, w- I was very miserable. Because Angela, two weeks or more had passed. She's not even talking about it. And I can brush that subject. You know, this is serious business. And uh, we were sitting side by side in the uh, sanctuary. And um, the pastor introduced our guest speaker. And the guest speaker, he started to sing. And uh, it was a country type of gospel music. And, uh, of course, I know my wife. <laughs> She's just like, we're not into this type of gospel music. <laughs> Angela won't listen to that. So I was sitting there, and Angela said, good luck. Where is that uh, scripture that uh, you said uh, the Lord gave to you? So I said, whoo, she's thinking about it. <laughs> so I said, and that, that made me feel even worse, you know. So I said, Angela, it's Matthew chapter 20 from verse 6. That's the scripture. So I sat down there. The guy was singing. As soon as he got through singing, he immediately went and got, grabbed uh, the mic, the speaking mic, and said, please turn with me to Matthew chapter 20, the same scripture. And, and he started, he, uh, mine was below, you know, 11th hour. And he started speaking from the top. The master went out. Angela said, mm, what did he say? What did scripture? I said, uh, what did he say to turn to? I said, you are already there. <laughs> Stay with it. And the man started preaching. And then he got to the, the, the 11th hour. 
And then he started, if you remember correctly, he started weeping. And he said, many of you, you already have your career, but God's calling you. And you need to obey God. You need to obey God. And he started crying. And, and Angela said, uh, good luck, you have a pain? I said, no. I was thinking, hey, God, preach it more to Angela. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. Preach it to Angela. And then Angela took a pen, and, and then she wrote on her pen. That's my wife. I know her. She wrote on top of the Bible then, confirmation. I said, she got it. Hallelujah. <laughs> it's time. It is time. I got to go. It's time. So that was my freedom. Hallelujah. <laughs> I went out. My point is, now you're laughing. Well, I wasn't laughing at that point. <laughs> it wasn't funny at all. But that's how God works. When you spend time seeking his face. He worked everything out. We never saw that one day we'll be start, you know, ministering here. Yeah, we didn't see that then. But I feel like God can direct you. Spend, I'm coming back to this. Spend time speaking to God. He would reveal his plan for your life. We're happy. God has blessed us so much in our family. He's met needs. He will meet every need. We're not afraid. We've gone through very difficult times. We don't talk. But God has always come through for us. God's always come through for us. And my thing is to spend that time praying in, my, in, my, in, the, in my, the language God gave to me. That tells me God is. Because I know I'm not making it up. God is. Amen. Amen. Would you stand up with me this morning? <clears throat> now, let me say this. Everyone is not called to be a pastor or a minister. But God's called you to do something for his kingdom. No matter who you are, God didn't create anyone to be a waste. No. There is something that you can add to the kingdom, no matter how young you are. There is something that God, only you can do. No other person can. Just you. And he created you for that purpose. And to have you with him. He paid a serious price so he can deliver that calling into your life. Because until you do it, it's never done. I need us to surrender today. Some people play games with God. No, 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 no. You want to go all the way. You want to go all the way. And believe me, you will never regret it. It's the best way to live because you, are know, you know you are doing what God created you to do. Whether it's working out, job, whatever it is, it's very satisfying. And in it, God will bless you. God will bless you. What we need to do today is total surrender. No holding back. Maybe your holding back is what's holding everything back in your life. Today you need absolute surrender. Whether you understand the situation or not, give it to him. And say, God, I'm going to trust you. 
whatever you want for my life. Even if it doesn't make sense. Even if I'm criticized by my friends and even family for it. I'm still going to follow you. Doesn't matter what anybody thinks. If you do that, God would have found another Abraham, another Fred. And then he starts working with you intimately. Church is not for them. It's you and your God. That's the important thing. And I plead with you today as a servant of God. I plead with you today. Turn everything over from your heart. And mean it from your heart. God, if you will strengthen me, I will yield totally to your will. I want to do what you want for me. Whatever it is. The world may see certain part of it bad. But God knows what he's doing. When it's all over, he'll get glory for it. Amen? He'll get glory for it. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? Bow your heads with me this morning. Some of you need to make a total commitment. I think for the most part, that's what is missing in the body of Christ. We need to make total commitments. Some of us are Christians, but we are walking at the fence. We don't want to go in. You will miss out on what God has for you if you keep doing that. Say to yourself, I'm not going to be afraid anymore. I will go all in. It's called baptism. Sometimes it's baptism of fire. I will go all in. That's what I want for my life. And God is here with us this morning and he sees you. And I prayed for you this morning that God will grant you the grace to say to yourself, whoever you are, I will serve God. You have the ability to serve God. You were created with the ability to serve him. No one is devoid of the ability to follow God. And that's you today. All you need to do is total surrender to Him. I know many of us have made a commitment, but I'm calling on you today to make a total surrender and a commitment. If you are not filled with the Holy Spirit, you don't pray in tongues, please, it's real. I'm telling you, this thing is real. He will transform your life. I have not lost my mind since I've been praying in tongues. Over 10, 20 years, I've been praying in tongues. He's made me a better person, more confident, unafraid, because I know the God that I serve. It's a good thing, and God wants you to receive. Our prayer partners will be here praying for people. If you you can't pray in tongues, or you prayed in tongues in the past, and you couldn't because Satan came in and told you it's not real, Come here today and let God let that happen to you. I don't care what anybody says. I know I'm answerable to God and God has shown me the truth. I will speak the truth. It's the best thing that's happened to my life. The best thing that's happened to my life. And God will give that to you. All heads bowed this morning. If you need to make that commitment to God, He will welcome you today. God will welcome you. Total surrender. Let me see your hand up, please. One, two, three. Put your hand up. Put your hand up. See that. Thank you. I see that. I see that. That's wonderful. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Would you all pray with me today? And if, if you are making that commitment, now all, look, look, look back at me. This is very important. Listen. In America, we do things differently. 
I've seen in when I hold crusades, I have videos in my office. These people were pagans. They come to a meeting and they hear the gospel for the first time. In villages, some of them from Nigeria, Lume, if you know where that is. They come and they receive Christ for the first time, first day. And guess what? The same day to pray for the, to receive the Holy Spirit. And God gives to them. And then when I go back, I see transformed people. Strong in the church. It's a blessing. You can receive that today. And Jesus is here today. He says, I go and I will send the Spirit to you. If you haven't received the Holy Spirit, you haven't spoken in tongues, you have questions, please talk to me. You can disagree with me, please. You have the right to. But let's look at what Scripture says, if you have a different opinion. But don't just go away, because I told you the truth. You are going to answer to God one day. So if you are, please come here and let somebody pray with you to receive that gift. Amen? Can we all lift our hands up to him this morning? And you call from the bottom of your heart and say, God, God, I need you. I need you. God, I need you with all of my heart. And I know he hears you. And things will change because you are calling on him. He says, call to me and I will answer you. God made the promise and God keeps his promises. God will keep his promise. Call to him today. If you have a problem in your life, call to him. God, I want you to come into my problem. I know you can solve my problem. I know you can solve my problem. If you do that today, you've brought God into your situation. He's bound to change. There is no problem that God cannot solve. God can do that today. Let's pray together. I need you to repeat this after me, especially those that lifted up their hands. Say, God, thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, into the world. Lord Jesus, I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. And I commit to you that by your grace, I will serve you all the days of my life faithfully according to your grace in my life in jesus name and everybody said amen would you put your hands together give him a clap offering he deserves it he deserves it